Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. Here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome, Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. On Wednesday, and the auction is open right now, there's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, and more. Involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, how are you? I'm good. Good. How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. It good. was okay. Nothing yeah, overly yeah, memorable. Right. Yeah, exactly. Is I mean, what it is. We emerge on a Monday ready for another week. Right. With that, um, even after the uh, Broncos game was over, which featured a bunch of missed opportunities, mm-hmm. the final kick in the teeth was the Chiefs losing last night. Yeah, no kidding. How many people did the math on that one? Yeah. Broncos could have woken up this morning one game out of the division lead. Right. And as I kept saying over and over again, I'm not going to take a victory lap. I've probably been wrong about talking about sports more than I've been right. Mm-hmm. But when the Broncos beat the Chiefs, I kept banging the same drum. They are not the team that they have been in the past. And they lost to the Packers. And they've lost games this season that you can make the case. How did they lose that game? They're eight and four. That's still a pretty darn good record, but that's not the Chiefs teams of the past. With that, time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. For those of you that didn't watch the game start to finish, for those of you that had enough to drink where you forgot about the game this morning, uh, I think that you and I can agree on one thing, Bruce, that for all the years that we have covered football, I think we can agree that generally speaking, every game will come down to four or five plays and who wins those plays. Broncos lost all the big ones. Yep. Okay. Sutton drops the ball on the opening drive. Yep. That would have been just a big punch in the face to start the game. Knowing second play of the game. Yeah. And it was the second straight ball to Sutton because the first one went to him and that wasn't a good pass. The second one was Alex Singleton. Oh my fourth God. and two whistle blows. And you know what? I got to figure out this phone because this is turned off. That's my wife's ringtone. It's a nice ringtone. Thank you. It's pleasant. I like it. Okay. With that Singleton fourth and two Mm -hmm. shouldn't have pushed him. Then Stroud headbutts him at the end of the day. This is the term in hockey. It's a feel good penalty. Somebody hits you. 
and you feel good by hitting them back and bang. Of course, they're going to protect the quarterback. Four-point swing. Wilson underthrows Mims. If when that play was dialed up, you have to know how long and how far Russell Wilson can throw the ball to lead the receiver. Mm-hmm. It's not like he had a bunch of pressure in his face. Underthrew him. Sure did. That should have been a touchdown. Yep. Could have hit him in stride for a touchdown. All of this said, Mm -hmm. there wasn't a point where I felt the Broncos are out of this game. I did feel, I don't know if they can recover from this. Texans fumbled the ball, and that was, okay, here we go. Here come the turnovers, and they don't jump on the ball. That's okay. Biggest Biggest pivot point of the game, though, I thought. And then... Let's let's extrapolate from there. Ball gets tipped the line of scrimmage when Wilson mm-hmm. throws it. Interception. Two bang, plays later. Bang, bang. Yep. Texans are up 23 to 10. We will talk about, in my opinion, the chaos. <coughs> Excuse me, on the final offensive play. And, in my opinion, the mismanagement of the clock on the final drive later. But even as Mike McGlinchey said, should it have really come down to that final drive? Probably not. Yeah. No. Um, man hurts with an injury under two minutes hurt. They took a they took a timeout off of the board. No, they yeah, right. They had to take the timeout. They had out. to take the timeout. And, and he when was it's legitimately under, injured. Yeah, right. And when it's under two minutes, I mean, you gotta take the timeout. That cost them dearly because they didn't have a timeout at the very end of the game. And on that third down play, um Kroll clearly didn't know what he was supposed to be doing he was throwing his hands in the air and it was it was it was a moment when they should have just been able to take a timeout work it figure it out but they didn't have one but they didn't have a timeout so that hurt um so yeah yeah i mean there you can go back and look at about but the but the intersection of plays at the end of the third quarter into the fourth with McMillan stripping Stroud and five guys around him. Um, PJ Locke whiffs at it initially. They can't get on the football. All of a sudden you have the ball inside the 35 yard line inside of Houston's 35 yard line. Instead, the next play is a punt. Then you turn it over on the first play on a tip. And they go down and score changes the entire complexion of the game. But that's one play. Under that's throwing two, Mims. That's two plays. Well, no, I'm saying that sequence. Yeah. That sequence. But then you have under throwing Mims should have been a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different things. My point is it never should have come down to that final drive. And Mike McGlinchey said as much. Yeah. Although I will say this in all fairness, they also had a the play on P. Ryan could have just as easily been a strip and a touchdown. There's no question. I mean, so so let's, when we're, and I'm, I'm just saying in general, when yeah. Broncos country is parsing through this stuff, yeah. let's not forget that that's basically six or seven points that really probably should have been on the board. If it makes the, you feel any better, Broncos fans, if it does, if you watch last night's Packers-Chiefs game, mm-hmm. There was absolutely zero pass interference on Mims oh. compared to what Valentine did at the end of the Chiefs game. No question. No uh, question. Every week, honestly, I think it's it's going to get better. Can't get any 
worse. <laughs> how can you miss that call? That though? was pretty. Eric, how do you miss it? Right. And and look, there's no guarantee. And I and I've got, as you do, a, a lot of Chiefs friendly fans. Right. Who I I'm uh, who I'm I, I'm friends with. And I was hearing it last night. You know, there's no guarantee that they first of all score. The odds are that they would. No guarantee that they're going to get the two point conversion. Right. To send the game into overtime likely no guarantees of that at all right but the pi was egregious it, it was absolutely right. ridiculous it was the worst missed call of the day with that we go back to mims yeah that should have been called it wasn't but it never should have come to that never should have come to that wilson three interceptions that's what everybody will talk about to me it's two underthrown balls that's where my concern is for a 35-year-old quarterback. I'm not saying he shouldn't be here anymore. What I'm saying is that's a big concern because that is one of the things he does best. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cortland Sutton's got to catch the ball on second down. There, there's, I mean, it, it, he's got to get help. He's got to get help. There's tons of blame to go right. around. I'll tell you what we learned, okay? Last week we talked about can the Broncos win if they don't force a bunch of turnovers? Can they win a no-turnover game? Yes. Well, Hell, they had four chances. They, they should have had four chances from the eight-yard line to win the game, period. They were in a position to win the game. They make one play at the end of the game. You can take all of these. Now, all of these plays obviously had a domino. They were all important in their own right. At the end of the game, they're minus two in turnovers, sitting at the eight-yard line with a first and goal. Make a play. Make a play and you win the game, period. Any one of those plays, the 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 one to the first one to Troutman could have been a better throw. Troutman could have made a better move. The second down one I thought was poorly constructed because it was a straight line throw through a defender at the back of the end zone. And then the third down was that was was a disaster. But you can't ask, you cannot ask in this league for any more to be down 2-0 in the turnover department and have what should have been four chances to pick up eight yards. They they did it it would and it had to have been eight yards because they didn't have any timeouts. They couldn't run the football. So they had to throw the football at that particular point. Let me point. ask you cuz I'm looking it up on the sheet. Sure. And I marked it down but I know you always have your play-by-play mm -hmm. in front of you. When did the man hurts injury happen? It happened like 152 or something like that. 152. Hmm. And then they let 33 seconds burn off the clock. Is that correct? I don't, that I don't, I can't attest to. No, I know. I know that is a fact. Okay. They let 33 seconds burn off the clock. So when was man hurt right before the two minute warning or right after the no, two minute warning? He was after it because you have to take a timeout when correct. a player is injured inside of two minutes. Timeout number one was. But we'll, you know what? We'll talk about this after the break. Because to me, why in the world would they let 33 seconds melt off the clock? Now, the argument I hear is, well, you don't want to give uh, Houston time to, to come back and score. Well, you know what? Um, because you let that time melt off the clock, you had no ability to run the ball. You had to throw the ball to the end zone every single time. That's next. I'm not afraid to 
Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. On Wednesday, yep, coming up, auction is open for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, implements, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, love telling you about Paramount Siding and Windows, a family business. They've been around since 2009, over 400 five-star Google reviews, great product like phantom retractable screens. And integrity through the roof. Scott came over to my house. I thought I needed a couple of new windows. And he's like, no, nah, it just needs a slight fix. I'm like, I don't have to buy new windows. He goes, no, no reason to. A lot of people would have sold me new windows. A lot of people wouldn't have shown up just to try and sell me two windows. But Paramount Siding and Windows did. That's how good they are. Top integrity, great service, outstanding product. Check them out at ParamountSidingAndWindows.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Paramount Siding and Windows. Paramount Siding and Windows, it's quality in everything they do. Find them at ParamountSidingAndWindows.com. Okay, so let's get into what happened at the end of the game, where I I think they should not have let 33 seconds burn off the clock. Okay. Even though they had two timeouts. They still had two timeouts, and I get that. The thing is, and and this has become popular in the NFL, don't leave the other team enough time to score. I understand that. You don't want to give a team two minutes to score. But if it's under a minute, don't walk the tightrope and potentially hang yourself with your own rope. With that, it was unfortunate they had to use that timeout with Manhurts. Right. You cannot predict that. No. And I understand that. Sure. But once that happened, they were forced, when they were forced in goal, they had to throw every single ball into the end zone. Right. They had no options. They could not run the ball. They could not spike the ball. And basically, the Texans are playing prevent defense in their own end zone. You cannot throw the ball short of the sticks. Yeah. Nor you can you throw it in the middle of the field. Short. Oh. All of, of that. Everything's got to be to the end zone. Right. With, right? The, with that, they, they run off 33 seconds. They're bringing in a new offensive package. It doesn't seem like they have any sense of urgency. And for the sake of argument, just give them, I don't know, 15, 18 more seconds. We're, we're, we're talking about they would have had 50 seconds left instead of, I don't know, what, 20-something? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Well. Then you, then you right. have more options. On the final play, it looked like nobody knew what they were doing. No, it, it, it did. You're right. I mean, did you see where Sutton ended up? He basically ended up along the sideline at the line of scrimmage. He didn't even get into the end zone. Go and, back and look at it. It's remarkable. And by the way. Wasn't even running a pattern. The analysis is so lazy by so many people saying, how in the world could that play be called for crawl? I don't know. Maybe it was. I can't imagine it was. But maybe it was. Nobody knew where to go. 
Yeah. Russell had nowhere to throw the ball. And believe me, I'm not absolving him for his part in this loss. Sure. Okay. And, you know, I heard somebody say this morning that, you know, Crawl is six foot six and the guy covering him is five foot 11. How about throw the ball higher then? Throw the ball a little bit higher. That's on Russ too. But I don't know if it was on Peyton. I don't know if it's on Wilson. What we do know is that Peyton in some ways needs to shorten his play calls with Russ because Russ does have a difficult time relaying the plays because they're so long in the huddle. Maybe that was a part of it. Bottom line is this. You have a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a Super Bowl winning coach. And on the final play, it looks like it was drawn up in the dirt and still nobody knew what they were doing. Yeah, it was it was unfortunate because that's a game and I'm not going to say they should have won, but they could have won. Right. And it was right there for the taking. Um just so that everybody's got the timeline on the timeouts taken. First one was taken just under 2 minutes because it had to be. Second one was taken when they why, were, wait, why did it have to be? Because Manhurts was down with an injury, and any time that you have an injury inside of two minutes, and when a player needs to be attended so, to, you have to take a timeout. And what time was that at? That was like at one fifty-eight, okay. just in just inside of two minutes. Okay, so wait a minute. If it's taken at one fifty-eight, and I don't that don't quote me on that, but it was just inside. It was literally just inside. And of that two was minutes. the first of their three and timeouts. That's the first of their three timeouts. Okay. Second of their three timeouts was on a fourth and two at the Houston 13 that Russ ended up picking up. And then the last one came with 23 seconds. At that point, you are at the eight. Then they took their last timeout with 23 seconds. So at the very least, they took a timeout before the first play was made at the eight-yard line. So there was at least, there should have been some understanding of, here's what we want to do, even though we're not going to be able to stop the clock, here's what we're going to try to do. They could have stopped the clock on on a throw, an incompletion, and it did stop, um, you know, into into the end zone. But they ended up making two throws, and then the third one was the ill-fated interception that ended the game. I mean, the last thing that I'm going to do in this game is point the fingers at the defense and say, you know, They needed to force turnovers because that's what they do. Now, they gave up a lot of huge chunk pass plays. Especially in the first half. Uh, First quarter, they gave up a pair of 50-plus yard pass plays. We knew Collins was going to be a problem. Fortunately, unfortunately, Tank Dell is out for the season. With that, they knew that Collins was going to be the guy. Right. Certainly, what, in the second half? Mm -hmm. Something like that? Yeah. But now let's turn it to Russell Wilson. It is amazing how fast fans will turn on somebody on one game and turn on Peyton on one game. Again, I know you are not a big Twitter guy, but this is why I am. Because people who are watching the game, you are finding out what everybody thinks. And while you may not care what everybody thinks, it is interesting to read other people's opinions, whether they are right on point or completely delusional. Well, here's the slippery slope on Russell Wilson. What if he makes a play on the goal line? Right. I mean, seriously. How's the narrative then? Right. We're talking about literally one play. 
Yep. One play. And look, he wasn't good yesterday. And even if he makes the one play, he still wasn't good yesterday. 0 for 11. On third down. Right. That is, by the way, the Broncos haven't been in a situation where they haven't converted a first down off of third down now. Granted, what, they were three for three on fourth down? Yeah, they were good on fourth, bad on third. Okay. With that, 1995 is the last time the Broncos did not convert a third down. 1995. Wow. Mike Shanahan's first year. Yeah. Did they have a quarterback named John Elway then? I believe they did, which is ironic because I tweeted on that final Broncos Mm -hmm. drive that Elway and Wilson were tied for ninth place overall for the most fourth quarter comebacks. (laughs) There you go. At 31. Yeah. Russell had a chance to make it 32. With that, is the needle moved for you on, well, should we bring back Wilson? No. I mean, I'm right where I was this time last week. But everybody's ready just to throw Uh, this guy out the door. Well, I mean, it's the microwave society that we live in. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I totally get it. But I just, but for people that are doing that, I just ask you, if he completes an eight-yard pass at the end of the game, what does the narrative sound like that? Well, but in all fairness, if he if he throws the ball deep enough to Marvin Mims, it doesn't even come down to that. Well, I mean, I hear you on that, but I mean, it literally came down to. I mean, I'm asking the question mm-hmm. to people that are that one play, mm-hmm. one play, you get four chances and or they ended up with three. So if you get three chances to get eight yards, you get eight yards. That's an eight-yard pass completion, but it's for a win. This game can be summed up by a book that's already been written, a series of unfortunate events. And I agree. If he completes that pass, Russell Wilson's the hero. Right. However, however, sometimes we look at a beautiful rug, beautiful rug, nice Persian rug expensive rug, which is the final play where Wilson completes that pass. You know, we always don't look at because it's a win. You lift up that rug and what's underneath? 0 for 11. Short pass to Mills. Bad pass to Sutton. Right? Singleton. Which is surprising for a guy like that. Yeah. You can't be goaded into that, man. Well, well, the funny thing is, he wasn't goaded. He never should have pushed Stroud to begin yeah. with. The whistles had blown. He's and then Stroud headbutts him. He did. Headbutted him. Right. Got right in his face. I don't even think it was a headbutt. He got right into his face. It just happened to be a headbutt. With that, I'll throw something else out there. You know they had fifty total yards and six minutes to go in the first half. Yeah. Sure. The only reason why they got over a hundred was because of a drive. How about the offensive line yesterday? Not good. No. Not good. In so fact, many in so fact, many problems. Three out, three and out, three and out, four and out, five and out to start the game. And how about their inefficiency on the first <laughs> series of the second half? Why in the hell does this football team defer? I mean, they are like the three and out kings to start the second half. Seriously. And the irony is they're really good in the first drives this year. Now they didn't they weren't yesterday, but by and large, they're scoring points on their first drive. But man, the but the first drive of the second half, they can't look any worse. I don't I know I'm probably jumping into a conclusion. I understand that I'm trying to make this argument work, mm-hmm. but hear me out. 
The Broncos score on have scored on more than a few first possessions oh, this season. Quite a few scripted plays. You might yes, you might be surprised at how often yeah. they did. They they score on scripted plays, and then they score at the end of the game. So basically, it's like an Oreo. It's good at the beginning. It's good at the end, but there's no filling between what the second and midway through or at the beginning of the fourth quarter. It's a complete abyss of scoring. You can make the case, and I'm not saying this is, so maybe I'll turn this into a form of a question for you. Mm -hmm. The Broncos are good on Sean Payton's script, but most teams are good when the first 15 plays or so are scripted. Is that fair to say? Generally speaking. Okay. Most teams are. Okay. But it's when you get off the script and then you really have to start coaching in game, coaching in game. Mm -hmm. When you're off your script, then what do you dial up? Then at the end of the game, it's Russ being Russ. Russ is better off script. Russ is better improvising. Like kind of like John Elway. We've talked about this before. Why do you think John Elway had so many fourth-quarter comebacks? Because Dan Reeves wanted to run the ball, run the ball. John Bayless out on third down. Okay, you can't. We'll just keep punting. Sure. But then at the end of the game, you have to let your quarterback make plays. Yeah. So at the beginning, it's the script. At the end, it's Russ, where there's a big vacuum of a hole, is how is Sean coaching in-game? What kind of plays he's calling in-game? Is that an unfair question to no, ask? No, it's not an unfair question, but they went 72 yards on 14 plays when they had to do it. When was this? This was the last drive. This is Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter. You just made my point for me. Yeah, well. No, no, you just made my That's what I'm saying. In the fourth quarter, they're good. Yes. They scored They scored a touchdown. So in they're the good quarter. on script, and, they're, they can, and they can be good off script. They're good off script because of Russell. Right. Because that's what Russell does best. Throwing the deep ball, which wasn't apparent yesterday, no. and him using his feet and extending plays and running and doing whatever he does. My question is, what happens in between? And that is on the coach to coach what he is seeing and calling plays with what he is seeing. And that's where the real problems are. For this team, I think, on offense this season, so what I'm saying is, is it a fair question to ask what is going on with the play calling after they're off script and then when Russell does Russell in the fourth quarter? There's a big gap of basically two and a half quarters. Hmm. Hmm. They were in and a, I'm looking at this season as a whole, yeah, not just this game. I didn't think the play selection was bad at all in the second half. It wasn't good in the first, in the first possession. Yeah, but they were in a they were in a position to score twenty one points in the second half, fourteen in the in the fourth quarter. Listen, I, I mean I, that's I mean that's enough to win a football game. I know that halftime adjustments, some will say, are totally overrated. They're they're not you know they're not going Newt Rockney in the in the locker room where he's standing on a stool, yeah. and he's you know trying to inspire the boys. Or you have I don't know Bill Walsh with the whiteboard and he's yeah. designing plays. But generally speaking, don't the coaches get together? talk about what they've seen they're doing more than just going to the bathroom aren't they oh sure of so, course i mean generally speaking you would think that they would score a little bit when they get the ball back well i mean yeah, yeah but 
after that? They're just not good, but they haven't been good. I don't think that it's necessarily a reflection of the entire play selection with their inability to do anything. And I, and I would, I'm trying to remember a time that they did score in the first possession of the second half when they got the ball to start the second half. Crazy question. And I should know this and I can't believe I'm asking this on air. Were you at the game yesterday? No. Okay. I want to know your thoughts on Jerry Judy being wide open when missed that. Okay. But my question is what we saw on television for lack of a better phrase, you can make the case was creative editing, not on purpose, nothing nefarious, but we saw Judy wide open. But what we didn't see was the high angle bird's eye view and where Russell was looking. Yeah, he had. So, yes, Judy was open. I get it. Judy was open. But but when they cut to that shot of him mm-hmm. in a replay, was Russell already running with the ball? Oh, well, see, the problem. That- <laughs> and we'll talk yeah. about that after All the right. break. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman and Hurdle. Watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. On Wednesday... There's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, implements, and more. Get involved. Uh, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Let's get to this play late in the second quarter. I'm looking at my notes here. It's fourth down. Real Wilson runs for the first down. Runs for three. Okay. Runs for three yards. Fourth down. Gets the first down. That is the most important thing. Now, the replay shows Judy wide open crossing to the quarterback's left, the opposite side of the field. Wilson was under pressure. He had to scramble. He scrambled for the first down, and Judy was way on his left, in which Wilson would have had to have thrown across his body. I'm not suggesting Wilson could not have made that play, but most people who were watching the game were not at the game. That's why I said you can see the eye in the sky. Could he have made that pass? But the video of the replay convicted Wilson of missing a wide-open receiver because we don't know, honestly, unless you were there or you have the all-22, when was Judy completely open? Was Russell already running for the first down? Because if he was, and then Judy has his arm up in the air, Wilson's not going to make that throw. Well, the play-by-play describes it as Russell Wilson scrambles right, right. to for three yards. So Correct. he probably 
there wasn't a lot of probably of progress reading progressions on that particular. As play. I put in my own notes, it was a bang bang play. There you go. I don't know if honestly, if he has one thing that Stroud does do well. A lot of quarterbacks do well. They run with their head up, constantly scanning the field. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Wilson runs with his head down. You can make a you can criticize him for that. But in this particular case, it's fourth down. I don't criticize him for picking up the first down on a fourth and one. Either do I. So, I mean, you know. If you want to criticize him, criticize him for underthrowing that ball to Mims. Criticize him for underthrowing that ball to Sutton, which turned into an interception. Criticize him for that. That was a hell of a play by Stingley, though. Yeah. I mean, that ball that ball wasn't that much underthrown. Stingley made a hell of a play on it. He did. But Sutton had steps. Sutton had steps, yep. and you need your quarterback to make that play. Mm-hmm. It's not as if that throw was as long as the one to Mims. Never should have come down to pass interference. Mims had about two to three steps yep. on his guy. Yeah, you had to wait Stingley. for it. That's right. So with that, um, what do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? We'll discuss the four college football playoff teams yeah. as well as the ones who were left out and also talk some nuggets following their games against the Suns and Kings this weekend. That's all next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. When I passed you Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman on Wednesday. There's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, and more. Auction is open right now. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama have been selected by the College Football Playoff Committee to vie for the national championship, leaving out Florida State. Uh, The first time in college football playoff history, an undefeated Power 5 champion failed to finish in the top four. Number one, Michigan will face number four, Alabama, in the Rose Bowl game, and number two, Washington will play number three, Texas, in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Florida State coach Mike Norvell did not hold back following his team being left out, saying, What's the point of even playing the games? Uh, what is your take on the four playoff teams? I think they got it right. I'll be honest with you. 
and the guy who runs the committee, who's talking on ESPN. Luke Kerrigan. And a lot of people are criticizing him for saying what I'm about to say. Uh-huh. And I could not agree more. This committee is not made up of a bunch of athletic directors. Nope. Made up of Will Shields, Hall of Famer, great college player at Nebraska, coaches. And what he said was this. We looked at it this way, and we took a lot of input from our coaches. Which team do you not want to play? And that factored into the decision. It wasn't the decision, the decision, but it factored into it. I think everybody would love to get a crack at Florida State because of their quarterback situation. If J.J. McCarthy gets injured two games before the Ohio State game or gets injured in the Ohio State game, I am not so sure Michigan is playing for the national championship. Mm. If Alabama loses their starting quarterback, same thing. My point is, Florida State, this is my message to you. And other teams, by the way, can make cases too. It's about who's the best team in the country. You want to beat the best team in the country? You have a chance because you're going to play the best team in the country. You're going to play Georgia. Georgia, to me, is still the best team in the country. Go out and beat them and prove everybody wrong. And don't do what K-State did back in 1999. And after they got jobbed. 98, yeah. 98 right. get, got jobbed going to the Alamo Bowl. And they basically gave up on the game and got run out of the Alamo Dome by Drew Brees. Yeah. Different situation. Go beat Georgia. Beat them handily. But, but honestly... Why is Ohio State not there over Texas? How does how does the number one team in the country fall from one to five over one game? I think there are other schools that can make arguments. I get, I get they were undefeated. I also get what their schedule looked like. I also get that they what played one top ten team, right? And please don't tell me that they scheduled SEC opponents. Yes, that was done a while back, but the, but those schools, Florida was not very good this year. LSU uh, was pretty decent, and they're, they, gonna, and they're probably going to have the Heisman Trophy winner. That's fine. I get it. Florida State's not one of the top four teams in the country with the quarterback they currently have playing. So you're telling me... Yes, so I am. So hold on. You, I, I just want to make this one. You said something interesting yes. to me. So if J.J., if McCarthy is out... yes. But Michigan still wins out. They, yep. they they win without him playing. You're saying Michigan is not in the CFP? Well, let's. I'm saying you. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, my friend. Hold disagree. On. It has to do with scheduling as well because their final game is against Ohio State. Yeah. Okay. Right. And Florida State was not playing a team the caliber of Ohio State either. I'm saying if the schedule is a little bit different. Right? Mm-hmm. The bottom line is, with the quarterback they have, they're not one of the top four teams in the country. They're just not. I don't even know if Texas should be in there. And well, I, Texas won at Alabama. I, so, I mean, but, you can't deny that. Back in what? Oh, oh, come on. Really? Really? Okay. Really? I don't mind them being there. The, the, the discussion I, is about Florida State. And I get they're a Power 5 school. Clemson is not the same program that it used to be, and I understand you can only play. No, the ACC's. I, 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 I will will not disagree with you on that. The ACC is not a strong conference, but man, it's a Power Five conference team that went thirteen and zero. 
The argument is they did better head-to-head against the SEC. That's all fine and dandy. That's great. Bottom line is we both know, and you said it as we went into this segment, Florida State's going to get drilled by Georgia. Is yeah. that is that what we want? Well, it doesn't matter. That's what the CFP ends up being a lot of anyway. Go look at the lopsided nature of games in the CFP. The CFP doesn't always produce the best matchups in terms of competitiveness. The history is littered with games that are one-sided in the CFP. I just and and it's not, and it's not like it sets a precedent because next year we go to the we go to the extent the expanded playoff. And then somebody else will be upset. Well, except the 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 argument at 13 and 14 is not going to be as good as the argument at 5 and 6, right? When you when you've got a team that's unbeaten at number 5 and it's in a major that's an argument. Period. I get the eye test, but man, I hear Mike Norvell when you win every single game that you played, yep. when you up your you, you're going to play Florida and LSU. I'm, I can't attest to what. Sorry, Florida wasn't as good. LSU was right. still pretty stinking good. You won every game that you played, and you're in a Power 5 conference, and you're not in the CFP, and there are two teams that are in with one loss each. Just because the eye test looks good to 13 guys on the selection committee, mm, you got there because mm, of, you, you got that record. Because of the quarterback that brought you there. And that quarterback is no longer Well, they just beat the 14th ranked team in the country with a third team quarterback. And how did they look doing it? Okay. They weren't good. But now we're getting into how did you look? How did you look? And by the way, there is a difference between the 14th ranked team in the country, Michigan, Alabama, Texas, Georgia, Ohio State. There's a huge gap between Louisville and those other schools I just rattled off. Well, big, big difference. You're right. You can only play the teams on your schedule. Right. And I get that. Well, you just diminished Texas by saying, well, look at the Alabama team that they played, even though they beat Alabama on the road early in the season. No, I'm not saying that. They they only beat Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was ranked 18th in the country. Right, right. But the fact that Texas beat Alabama, Correct. and you've got Alabama in this thing, you've got to have Texas. Fine. If you could take records out completely, okay. who's your top four teams that should be playing for the, the title? The, the teams that are in. See, I would I would take out one of those teams and put in Georgia. Georgia's one of the top four well, teams. Well, then it do. would have to be Alabama, and you can't do that because Alabama just beat Georgia. Can't do it. Can't do it. I mean, certainly Michigan and Washington are in that equation. Can't, can't Ohio State make an argument? They were number six. But then again, they happen to lose to the number one team in the country. I, th- I think also... On the road. I think also they swallowed hard on the possibility of not having an SEC team in the Final Four. You have to have an SEC team. Apparently you do. And, no, you know what? And honestly... Apparently you, you do. Well, see, that that, that comes with a, with a tinge of sarcasm. It, it does, because Alabama beat Georgia. That's why they're in the CFP. That's right. That's it. I'm not saying they should be. They lost to Texas. They played crap other non-conference teams. Three crap games other than the Texas game, which they lost at home. They are in because they beat Georgia. Here's the bottom line. And, And you get this from the West. You get this from the Midwest. You get this from the East. SEC, 
Everyone talks about how they're the best conference in the country, and they say it sarcastically. I got news for you. Oh, no, no. They are. They are. They are. They are, but not as... But not as convincingly this year as in years past. Won't disagree. Not as not as convincingly. But you're right. They are the best. They are the best conference year after year. They are the best, the deepest, the most competitive week to week. But the Big Twelve is approaching it. I mean, the uh, Pac Pac Twelve was very good this year. Excellent. And the Big Ten was outstanding this year. Outstanding. 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 Really? Yeah, absolutely. Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, whose offense is worse than Florida State's but, right but, now. But I mean, but but a good league, a good league. I mean, you know, you know what the, you know what this has become. This has become the NCAA basketball tournament back in the 1970s. Hmm. You can only get into the tournament if you win your conference championship. Yeah. Tournament. Well, they only that's had 32 it. back then. It was a different day and age. But that's my point. Right. In order to get in, how many? I mean, North Carolina State did not get into the NCAA tournament back in like 1973 when they were the third ranked team in the country <laughs> because they happened to lose to North Carolina right. in. In the, in the final game of their season, of the regular season, in the ACC tournament. Okay. The best four teams should be there. The best four teams should be there. That's my opinion because I don't have a horse in the race. Yeah. I want to see – I don't want to see blowouts. I want to see great games. Well, well, you're not always seeing them in the CFP. I, no, let's I understand not, Let's not get too all mushy about I'm competitive games in the CFP. I, but generally speaking, you can make the case, even though there are blowouts, the best four teams are there. Right now, Florida State, because of their quarterback, is not one of the top four teams in the country, period. And that's and you know what? You want to argue with me? Let's talk after the Orange Bowl. And we'll see. If Florida State wins that game, fine. That you're, would be awesome You're making them. it a beauty contest over what a team has done. That's and fine. that is my problem with it. Go beat Georgia. Oh, please. That is going to have nothing to do with it now. Nothing to do with to it. To me, it does. They are, why? They, they just got screwed. It changes the whole dynamic of what Florida State is. Rosters change now. Quarter, Bo Nix may not even be playing for Oregon in their bowl game. Everything changes now. Florida State won all 13 games that they played right. and were the champions in a Power 5 conference. I'm not sure if this move would have been made if we had three more years of four teams in the CFP. I think that they got a nice place to fall back on because this is the last year. I really do. And I think it's a little bit of a slippery slope in a four-game playoff to just go with the beauty contest and the eye test over a team that did it all year long. Yeah. I mean, you know, know, someone was going to get screwed, right? I know you're not going to say it's apples to apples, and that's number three. But I'm going to go back to 1984. When BYU went undefeated and started their season beating number three Pittsburgh, they beat number three Pitt, and they were shut out of the national. They were shut out of the national picture. No, BYU won the national championship in 1984. Well, they were undefeated, right? Right. But they didn't play in the big game, did they? Well, they played in the Holiday Bowl and, right. beat, and against, I think, Washington. No, they played Michigan okay. and beat them 24-17. to 17. Right, yeah. But they didn't get a chance. Yeah, oh, that's right. And Michigan, yeah, and Washington beat Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. And 
I thought were clearly the best team in the country. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. Always great deals at the Clearance Center, Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. Again, you can find their Clearance Center in Denver. Coming up after the break, I'm going to give you something to be encouraged by with the Broncos losing yesterday. All right. Because they did something yesterday. That you can make the case they wouldn't have done when they started one and five, right. and they sure as hell would not have done the previous six years. That's next. <laughs> 